Welcome to the Jay Kim Show, Hong Kong's very first podcast focused on entrepreneurship and investing in Asia. Join us as we survey the land and discover the greatest companies and most profitable investment opportunities in Asia. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week with the goal of providing actionable insights to you, the listener, with every single episode. And now, on to the show. Today, we have a very special guest by the name of Bedros Kulin on the show. Bedros is a best-selling author, speaker, business consultant, who is also the founder and CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp, one of the nation's fastest-growing fitness franchises. Bedros is also an investor in over a dozen companies, ranging from subscription software platforms, digital ad agencies, as well as mastermind and coaching services. But it always wasn't like this for him. Bedros has a true rags-to-riches story, which I'm sure you're going to love hearing about. From being so broke that he had to dig through dumpsters for food to now being a wildly successful entrepreneur, Bedros shares his incredible journey with us today. All right, let's get right onto the show. Hey, Bedros, thank you so much for joining us on the Jay Kim Show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Jay. It's a pleasure to be here. Man, so... uh, I've I've uh, I've I've first heard about you because I was listening to um, Lewis Howes' uh, podcast and I heard I heard you on the show and I watched your interview with him and I was like, man, you have such an unbelievable uh, story that uh, I need to talk to this guy. And uh, as luck would have it, um, you know, our mutual friend Craig Valentine was on my show recently, and so I'm very fortunate to have you. So thank you again for coming on. Uh, and for your time. So for the audience listening in, uh, maybe you could give us a quick introduction. Uh, who's Bedros Koulian and what do you do for a living? Sure, sure. Yeah. So basically, my name is Bedros Koulian. And the easiest way to describe who I am, what I do, I am the immigrant edge and I am the American dream. And um, a good friend of mine kind of gave me that immigrant edge moniker. And he said, hey, you're the immigrant edge because at the time, the year was 2009. The economy had just crashed here in the United States. Um, You know, unemployment was through the roof over 11 percent. And I was, you know, happily building a a franchise called Fit Body Bootcamp. I had just started the building of my franchise. And and he stopped me and he said, why are you building a franchise with the economy crashing like this all around us? Who's going to buy your franchise? Everyone's broke. And I remember saying the money didn't go away. The money just exchanged hands. And it's up to me to figure out who's got the money now and sell them my franchise. And so. Today, um, you know, being 2017, we have over uh, 500 locations of our Fit Body Bootcamp franchise worldwide. We're adding an average of 20 new locations per month on the global map. We are listed on the Inc. 5000 list twice, um, Entrepreneurs' uh, Top 15 Franchises in 2015. And so I'm just a really lucky guy that came from a communist country and, and used every opportunity that this wonderful country gives us. Um, and, and I've become the American dream. And I, now my, my goal, my purpose is to pay it forward to all entrepreneurs, thought leaders, anyone who's got a idea, vision, or a charity even to take that idea, vision, charity, or business to its fullest potential. I think it's, uh, yeah, you've, you've accomplished so much and you remain, uh, very, uh, modest and humble, which is awesome too. I mean, in addition to, uh, that luck, you also did a lot of hard work. Um, so, but I, I just, if you could, um, 
if you could just give us some uh, some color on sort of your your early struggles and and when you came over, I, I think your story is fascinating. Um, you know, I'm I'm American, but my father was a first generation immigrant as well from Korea. And I think uh, a lot of first-generation immigrants from any country uh, coming to America that probably didn't speak the language, I think we sh- they share a lot of uh, the similar struggles. Um, and there's a lot of success stories uh, with the American dream. So I'd love, if you don't mind, to share uh, your story with the audience. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, and I bet you your father has a very similar story to this. But, you know, in 1980, my father, he, he bribed the Soviet government with 25,000 rubles. And we escaped into Italy. And the reason we escaped into Italy was because, you know, if you if you told the Soviet government that we're going to, you know, go to go to America, they would they would have probably killed my father. So we escaped into wow. Italy, and the idea was that we would go to the American consul, and my dad would say, "Hey, look, I'm a member of the Communist Party. I don't want to be a member of the Communist Party, and so we're here on political asylum." And that's exactly what we did. And so when we came to the United States, Jay, we were so we were so poor and broke that when one of the times I got lice uh, in my hair from living in some really crappy apartments that we lived in, one of the many apartments, just to give you an idea, in the first year and a half, we lived in 14 different apartments uh, and moved around that much. And so when you move around that much and you live in lower standard, have a lower standard of living, uh, you, might, you might get lice. And I got lice and we didn't have money. We were poor. We were broke. And so my mom had my dad siphon out gasoline from a car and she washed my hair on uh, in the front yard of this apartment complex with gasoline. And wow. certain nights when we didn't have food, my dad had discovered that grocery stores, uh, you know, they throw out food in their dumpsters when the food is expired or maybe it's gone bad. Maybe it has a little bit of mold. But if you pick off the mold, you can still salvage it. And so my dad would give, you know, put me into the dumpster. And for me, it was more like a treasure hunt where I would go on this treasure <laughs> hunt and my mom would say, you know, okay, now get that milk and get the cheese and pick up the bread and get that lettuce. And, you know, they would tear off the mold or we, they would peel away the leaves until we got to the good leaf and we would eat that. But we didn't understand the culture. We didn't have any money. Uh, the mindset that we had was, okay, we're in a country that offers freedom and opportunity, but where is it? And so my parents had all had multiple jobs. My older brother and sister had multiple jobs. And it was my job as the kid, because uh, I was six years old at the time when we came to America, to dumpster dive probably three to four times a week uh, and uh, fish out the food from the wow. dumpsters that were edible. And, and that's, how we, that's how we got by the first you know, six months to a year in this country. That's so, so incredible. You know, I mean, it just... Uh, my, my dad used to tell me, uh, you, you know, like the, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, you got to finish your food. You know, and I, I was very, I was very fortunate. You know, I mean, my, my, my father was, had already had a stable job when I was growing up, but he used to say, um, you know, the clean plate club, that, that whole thing, which is ironic because, you know, on the fitness side, it's kind of like a, it's an invisible script now that, that, uh, that isn't a positive thing. But, um, you know, he was like, he used to always, he used to always tell me, um, is, uh, just like your dad, my dad said the same thing to me. And, and of course, since we didn't have food around, it was, you know, when there is food, you eat it all. And yeah. today, and today I, you know, I own many different companies, the biggest one being Fit Body Bootcamp. But we do financially, we do really well and we're very blessed. But even today, when there's food in front of me, I feel like even if I'm full, I have to finish it 
And if I don't, then I'm doing a disservice. And so yes. as a fitness person, I'm still fighting my old habits of finish everything that's on your plate. Even though as a fitness person, I know that I should stop even before I'm full. So it's the irony there. That's awesome. That Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's a struggle. So I'm glad I'm not the only one that struggles with that. Um, so so let's continue on your, on your amazing, incredible story. Uh, so from there, what was sort of your um, your progression? You know, so my progression was kind of one of desperation. And what I mean by that is as I as I grew up and, and you know, ultimately my dad bought a little tailor store because he was a tailor back in Armenia in the, in the Soviet government. And he bought a little tailor store in Anaheim. And, you know, my mom worked there. My brother worked there. My sister went to school and I went to school. But um, <laughs> as when you grow up on government assisted food, you know, you get you get you get the government cheese, you get the yeah. government peanut butter, government bread, government bologna. It's all high calorie foods that are really bad for you. And so by the time I reached high school, man, I was pretty overweight. I was out of shape and I was 35 pounds overweight in high school. And I knew senior year was coming up because now this was, you know, 11th grade. And I knew senior year, you know, we get to go to prom. And all I wanted to do was ask a girl out to the prom. And so my goal was that if I could somehow lose the 35 pounds that I had gained or that I needed to lose, the summer before senior year, I would have the confidence to ask this girl out. So, you know, I, I, I read every muscle magazine. I, I learned all about nutrition and working out. And that summer, I did lose the 35 pounds. I came back to school the senior year in better shape. Uh, I had more confidence, more self-esteem, making eye contact with people. And what was really neat is people actually started to talk to me. The other students finally started to talk to me. And you know, I know it's not fair or whatever, but at the end of the day, they're kids. And when you're kind of a foreigner and you have a funny haircut and, and funny clothes and you're fat and out of shape, you are invisible, unfortunately. And that's that's who I was. And um, so as I started making friends, I started getting confident, like, man, I'm going to ask this girl out to the prom. So as prom came about, I never worked up the nerve to ask her to the prom. So I never went to the prom. But my life had forever changed because through working out and eating right, all I wanted to do was help other people achieve this outcome, this self-esteem, the high confidence, the ability to be visible again. And so after high school, I went and got certified as a personal trainer. I, I went to college for a whopping one semester and dropped out. But my goal was to <laughs> get a degree in exercise science. But I just education system was not for me. I, I've got ADD and OCD. And when I lock onto something that's not educational, forget it. No teacher or professor can take me off of my my lock on, as it turns out, the habit of locking onto things with OCD and having this ADD type creative mentality was the best thing as an entrepreneur. So I eventually became a personal trainer. Uh, one of my personal training clients, his name is Jim Franco. He was my mentor. While I was training him during our workouts, he would give me some advice on business and becoming an entrepreneur and would encourage me to open up my own small gym because I worked at a big box gym where I got paid $11 an hour to train him. And so mm-hmm. through his mentoring and tutor, tutorship, I, I opened up my first personal training studio, which was about 2,200 square feet in San Diego, and officially became an entrepreneur. And, and it was a really neat experience because without that, without Jim Franco being in my life, I imagine how much longer it would have taken me to make that leap of entrepreneurship. 
That's incredible. So um, first of all, to your point on entrepreneurs, I think I, I, I had a guest on um, Dr. John Rady who wrote this book called Spark. You may have read it. And he basically, uh, he talks about how the, the brain, that mind-body connection, so exercise is good for the brain, this sort of thing. But he was saying that they were doing studies and a lot of entrepreneurs are actually, they have the same, exhibit the same tendencies as people with diagnosed with ADD or ADHD. Um, it's just kind of one of those where you, your mind is moving uh, in all directions and, and exercise was one of the ways that he was able to, uh, to treat ADD people. So uh, as a parallel, I think that exercise is very good for entrepreneurs because I think it's a very, it's like a number one productivity hack. For me, I know I work out in the mornings and you know what the days that I work out, you know, my brain is on fire. Like the shower, shower thoughts afterwards, it's just like a hundred different things versus a day that I sleep in and I skip a workout, right? You know, what's funny about that is that you, you absolutely nailed it. And when I talk to entrepreneurs today and I go, Hey, do you exercise? They go, no, I, I, I haven't made time for it. And I say, well, you're here because you want to make more money. I mean, you've hired me because you want to make more money, right? Yeah. And you say you'll do everything I say where your business is concerned. Yeah. Well, would you believe it if I said if you went to the gym four to five days a week and worked out really hard for 30 minutes, just give me 30 minutes, that you would make more money? And oftentimes they'll challenge me about I don't have time, I don't know how, um, and all these excuses. And when I explain to them the parallels of entrepreneurship and working out, for example, you know, people who are looking to grow a business, if you're looking to take a business from $100,000 a year to a million dollars a year or a million to 10 million, make no mistake about it, you are going to face adversity. You are going to face challenges. Mm. And most entrepreneurs tend to want to quit when they first face adversity because they go, well, failure must be a sign from above that I'm not supposed to do this. Well, right. in reality, when you go to the gym and work out, and Jay, you know this, when you're working out, sometimes you lift the weights until failure because you know that once you can't lift the weights anymore, that's when you have broken down enough muscle that you can rebuild it stronger and bigger and more resilient for the next time. So it's funny that in the gym, we will work out and we will stress our bodies because we know it's good for us. But the moment that entrepreneurs start to feel stress and adversity against their entrepreneurial muscles in the workspace – they start giving up. So I always say, look, if you're going to give up this easy as an entrepreneur, go work out in the gym. And the same effort you do to burn fat and build muscle is the same effort you need to build your empire. And all of a sudden, the, the connection, mental connection has been made. That's such a great analogy there, Bedros. Um, so so now you have your own studio. Uh, let's get back to your story. Uh, now you have your own exercise studio. Now, for for that that in, that in and of itself is uh, is difficult to do, but many people they they hit a roadblock there. You know they they can't manage more than one studio. They're done, and a lot of them fail because they can't manage their, their finances well, and so they they can't cover their overhead, and they can't pick up, pick up enough customers. How did you go from there to kind of scaling that business? Yeah, so ultimately I learned that you know if I want to make more money and make a bigger impact with helping people through fitness. One studio wasn't enough because I could only help so many people. So I started to hire personal trainers who worked for me. And through each personal trainer, I was able to you know, reach out and touch more clients in my community. But I knew at that point that my purpose was more than just you know, working with 40 or 50 clients or even a couple hundred. Later, I realized down the road that I've got a mission to touch 100 million lives worldwide. And so 
to do that, you need more than just one location with a handful of personal trainers working for you. So I opened five locations and ultimately built those up and had 60 personal trainers working for me. And we had several hundred clients throughout San Diego County that we were training, which was great. But I still had a bigger vision. And right around that time when I had my fifth location and was building it up, a company came through and offered to buy me out. And here's the funny thing. The only reason they bought me out, Jay, and this is a great piece of business advice for anyone listening, is that I had built in reoccurring income, meaning I didn't charge my clients once and then go back and sell them again next month and then go back and sell them again the next month. I would charge you once and then after that we would bill you over and over again just like Netflix or any kind mm. of subscription model. And so what they were really buying from me was you know, all of the receivables that we had got, gotten from clients over the next 12 months that are scheduled to come in over the next 12 months. So I got really fortunate there that my mentor, Jim Franco, taught me to sell once and collect over and over and over again. That was a big mental breakthrough for me. And so when I sold my businesses, I said, all right, now what do I do moving forward? Do I open up more gyms or do I coach and consult more personal trainers? And through all these personal trainers worldwide, I can really impact lives and and help people lose weight and get fit. And these people never know me, but I don't care because I would have this impact through the fitness industry. So I got into coaching and consulting personal trainers, and, and that went really well. And I, in fact, I still do that, and many of the big celebrity personal trainers worldwide have, have been my clients um, mm. at, at some point in time. And in 2010, 2009, 2010, as the economy was kind of in the midst of that recession, I realized that a lot of people can't afford one-on-one personal training. It's just too expensive. And with this economy you know, so low, unless you're the elite, you couldn't afford one-on-one personal training. Well, what if we could do one-on-many personal training and reduce the cost of personal training? And that's where Fit Body Bootcamp, the idea of Fit Body Bootcamp came. And the idea is one personal trainer, 20 to 25, maybe 30 clients. And people always, you know, sometimes will challenge me and say, yeah, but is that really personal training? And I say, you do realize that, you know, high-level coaches train NFL-level athletes in groups. So if they can, right. train, you know, super athletes in groups, why can't we take the average Mr. and Mrs. Jones who has fat to lose and needs to change their eating habits and why couldn't we train them in a group? And so I started that Fit Body Bootcamp model. We, we franchised in 2012 and today we have over 540 locations worldwide and we're adding an average of 15 to 20 new locations per month to the map. That is unbelievable. And uh, what, what you, you have uh, locations outside of the U.S. as well? Yes, sir. We're on, uh, let's see here, six countries, three continents. Gosh, that's unbelievable. So, so, uh, and uh, you, are you still involved? Sort of, is that, I mean, in the day to day sort of stuff, or have you kind of handed that off and it's kind of running on its own? Well, you know, no business ever runs on its own, and I don't care what anybody says, uh, <laughs> it, it just doesn't. And, but I've handed it off as much as I can. I've got a really great team behind me, I've got two VPs of my company, and uh, they make sure that the day to day operations are running, but I still do a lot of the big thinking, brainstorming sessions with my team. The difference is I don't have to execute anymore. I get to delegate and they execute. And so I get to go out and find more business partners and opportunities. So I have about a, about a dozen different companies that I'm either on the board of or have equity in. Um, you know, the biggest one obviously being Fit Body Bootcamp. I'm a hundred percent owner of that, but dozen different companies throughout the fitness, health, wellness, technology industries. And it's really neat to be able to just 
have a meeting, brainstorm, make the right introductions and connections with the people that they need, and then they can go out and execute. So my job these days is really more higher level thinking and delegation and not so much go out and execute and do the work. So for the audience listening in that hasn't heard of Fit Body Bootcamp, what is the basic, uh, I mean, obviously it's group coaching, but what is the basic uh, business model there if you want to, let's say you want to become one of the Fit Body Bootcamp or open up a location? Oh, sure. Yeah. So the business model is really simple and, you know, it really helped being a one-on-one personal trainer because I saw all the flaws in that model. One, you know, unless you know how to really sell like like a machine like grant cardone level it's hard Mm -hmm. to sell someone on a 700 to a 1200 dollars a month program you either have to find really affluent people or you have to find people who are sitting on a trust fund or something um it's not like everybody can afford one-on-one personal training so i knew that was one problem i so affordability convenience in other words if you're a personal trainer jay and i want to work out with you but you already have a client on monday wednesday friday at 9 a.m. and I want to work out at 9 a.m., I'm, I'm out of luck. I have to either work out at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. with you. So yeah. I needed convenience. And then I also realized that I had each of my personal training gyms had about 12 personal trainers working for me. And I, and I didn't want payroll to be so high with this new model. And so I said, all right, so if we have 30-minute workout sessions because we're going to do everything that is high-intensity interval training and create the afterburn, and uh, it's affordable now, between $150 to $200 a month to work out at a Fit Body Boot Camp. You get every single results that a personal trainer delivers, including the monthly fitness evals and, and all that great stuff, nutrition coaching. Mm. Um, you have a third less employees, which is fantastic. Um, so your payroll is much smaller. Your profit margins are higher. And, of course, clients, you can have 20 to 30 clients working out at the same time. And so you have convenience. So you have affordability, convenience, and high profit margins and the model is just that. I mean, we've got owner-operated locations where the owner will do the training and they might have a front desk person who does the selling of the memberships. And then they might have maybe another person who follows up with leads and clients. So a three-person team can one, run one location, which is pretty unheard of. But that also accounts for our 35 to 40% profit margins. Wow. Okay. And it runs on sort of the franchise model where... Okay, they just paid a royalty. Okay, that's that's pretty uh, cool. And so, there's a buy-in fee, monthly royalty. We do all the done-for-you marketing for them, and it really is a turnkey business, just like a Subway or Seven Eleven. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you're like the Subway or Seven Eleven of uh, of fitness. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, uh, I think you mentioned reaching a hundred million uh, customers or, or or something like that number. Is that was that your goal, and and is that still your goal? Yeah, that is our goal. So our goal now is to reach 100 million people worldwide through fitness, nutrition, and positive mindset, which are the three things that Fit Body Bootcamp delivers uh, by the year 20, uh, 2025. And so we're well on our way. We're currently reaching about uh, 10 million people a day you know, through Fit Body Bootcamp. And so I know that as long as we keep growing our franchise and our franchisees are you know, back me up on this mission, and they do because we've got an amazing team of owners. Um, I'm definitely not the visionary. I'm the guy that started it. Um, but it takes a, an amazing team of owners worldwide to really move this brand forward like it is. And so our goal is to have another 3,000 locations worldwide by the year 2025. And when we do that, we'll be touching about 100 million lives a day. It's unbelievable. I can't wait to uh, track the progress because I think that 
you guys were will far surpass that uh, in in the long run. Um, so, Bedros, what what else are you working on these days? You know, I know that uh, I know you have uh, not like you have a lack of things to do, but I know that you are doing uh, a, a couple different things. I've seen you uh, do some shows with with our mutual friend Craig. Yeah. Um, what, what do you what do you got in the pipeline? So, so there's really two things that I that I do outside of Fit Body Bootcamp these days. I just I'm still a coach. The difference is I don't coach people in their fitness and their health anymore. Well, I guess I do through our franchise, but I don't personally go out and train people. But I still love connecting with people and taking them to their fullest potential. But these days, the coaching I deliver is really high-level business coaching. And so anyone who's got a business that's doing 500000 to a $1 million or more, you know, Craig and I created a mastermind called the Empire Mastermind. And we help them take that, you know, half a million to a million-dollar business to five, ten, twenty million, just like I did with Fit Body Bootcamp here over a five-year period. And so we just kind of replicate this model of structure, scale, and and time collapsing you know you can do things in a shorter period of time you don't have to take a decade to build a, a 10 million 20 million 30 million dollar company you can do it in three to five years like i have so um it's the mastermind that i do and i love coaching entrepreneurs who are driven and really have a have a significant you know they they have this drive to make an impact in the community they serve and i and i wrote a book recently called man up and uh, the book title is man up cut your bullshit and dominate your path. And it's really for entrepreneurs who are stuck spinning their wheels. They know they can reach their fullest potential, but they're missing the three most important ingredients, which is leadership, clarity of vision, and a high performance team and not just employees who clock in and clock out and leave early. And so in fact, that was the big shift that I made those three things in my life that helped me scale fit body bootcamp and all my other businesses so quickly and uh, the book Man Up comes out July of 2018, and I'm really excited for that. Oh wow, that's that's amazing! So uh, we'll we'll definitely have to uh, to. I don't know if you have a, a landing page yet for that or anything any back back a background on it, but we'll yeah. definitely link that up. So talking about those three points, what, what if you if you can give us uh, any little bit further information on that, like the leadership part? What exactly do you uh, suggest on that? Yeah, absolutely. So where leadership is concerned, there's three very big points. Uh, Point number one is a great leader of any business, heck, even a leader of a family, needs to be decisive. The number one thing that causes entrepreneurs to bleed more money, have big anxiety attacks, just like I used to, uh, you know, I'm I'm an open book. And Craig and I have that in common, which is why we're business partners. We, We bled money, we were indecisive, and we had massive anxiety attacks. And that is because not making a decision is making a decision. It is letting circumstances decide your outcome and your fate. And so for where leadership is concerned, it's three specific things. Be more decisive. Make decisions fast. If they're the wrong decisions, you'll know soon enough and you can course correct. If it's the right decisions, then you can haul ass down that path. And General Colin Powell has a great, great saying in his book. He says he is ready to make a decision when he has as little as 40% of the information he needs to pull the trigger and as much as 70% of the information he needs. So most entrepreneurs find themselves spinning their wheels because they're looking to get 100% clarity and facts and information before they pull the trigger. Well, while they're doing that, someone like me has already made the decision. And if it was the right decision, I've surpassed them. If it was the wrong decision, I'll find out soon enough and then surpass them. So it's become decisive, communicate clearly and openly with your team. In fact, a Harvard business study did a, did a recent survey and found that 87% of CEOs 
do not communicate the message to their team that they have in their head. Now imagine that. What kind of clarity does your does your team have if they don't if they're not clear on the vision? And so you've got wow. to be decisive, communicate very clearly and obsessively. And of course, the third and final thing as a leader is concerned is to stop emotionally reacting to things because bad things will happen. Employees will quit. They will embezzle money. Uh, you will have competition. Um, you know, bad things just happen. The, the, the IRS will audit you. That's just part of being an entrepreneur. Stop emotionally reacting and start responding strategically to issues, challenges, and adversities that come up. And if you could do that as a leader, then you've got, you know, pillar number one of manning up lockdown. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I, I can't wait to get to get my hands on the copy of the book uh, in 2018. Um, so, Vedros, we really appreciate having you on and your time. As we look to wrap up, I just got a couple last questions for you. You know, I mean, you've you've had such a incredible rags to riches type story, um, and it's all you know. You figured out just hard work and a little bit of luck, but just making right decisions along the way. Um, and now, after having you know enjoyed a lot of that success, uh, I think that one of the biggest questions that I know a lot of people probably have is, you know, what keeps you going? What keeps you driven day after day? You know, if you've you've had an exit in a business, you have multiple businesses now. You know, you, financially you're doing extremely well. Um, you know, what's the secret? Like, how do you stay driven yet still humble at the same time? But you know, keeping you every day getting up and, and still building. Sure. You, you know what? And, and I'm really glad you answered asked, asked that question, Jay, because, man, I look around right now in society and you see that the number of prescriptions that are written today for mood altering drugs, you know, for depression, et cetera, are just through the roof. And the reason for that is people are no longer living a purposeful life. They're no longer looking for significance. We are looking for shallow approval. What I mean by that is you know, people will post something on Instagram and Facebook and they'll count how many likes and comments and shares they got. And that gives them tem a temporary high. The high mm. that we're looking for as humans is not a temporary high from social media. We need to do something bigger and better. See, every human, I believe, is born with a gift. It's your job to figure out what your gift is and develop that gift into your purpose. If you don't live your purpose, and I'll give you a great example. I've got a dog who's part, part Mastiff and part German Shepherd. Wow. Shepherds are known to fall into a depression when they don't have a purpose, when they don't have other things to shepherd or go out and play a ball. Right. And, and so every morning I'm out there playing ball with my dog and I could see that she's happy. If I happen to miss a day or two, she starts slumping into a depression. So for me, one, I know that I've got a gift and my time on this planet is limited and I've got to reach my fullest potential with that gift. Number two, I do it for my mental sanity. Because I know that if I don't attempt to reach my fullest potential with my purpose and my gift, that I will fall into depression and I will be part of the sea of mediocrity who's constantly looking for the shallow level of approval versus building an empire that serves a community. That's unbelievable. Uh, purpose, that's, that's it's such an important thing to have. Um, Bedros, man, thanks so much for coming on and, and sharing your incredible story and for all the advice that you've given and, and um, you know, for just for, for your time. So uh, we really appreciate you. What's the uh, best place that people can find you, follow you, connect with you, and learn a little bit more about what you're working on? Sure, sure. Um, the best place is either on social media, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, my handle is Bedros Koulian. Or they can just find me at manup.com and they can learn all about me and my upcoming book.
That's awesome. Can't wait to, to, till that drops. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to, uh, to, to, uh, to catching up with you again in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Jay. I really appreciate you. All right. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found over at jkimshow.com. Come back often and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to join us next week for another exciting episode of The Jay Kim Show. I'd love to hear your comments. You can find me on Twitter at jkimmer, J-A-Y-K-I-M-M-E-R. See you guys next week. This podcast is brought to you by Hack Your Fitness, the high achiever's guide to getting ripped in under three hours a week. If you're anything like me, you're probably working a full-time job or jobs and trying to find time to balance family life, social life, and last but not least, fitness. Look, I get it. I'm a full-time investor and entrepreneur myself and father of two. So how am I able to stay fit year-round without spending hours and hours in the gym killing myself on the cardio machine? After struggling for the last 15 years trying every workout and diet under the sun, I finally designed a system that allows me to achieve and maintain single-digit body fat for life in under 3 hours a week. Cardio not required. Head on over to hackyour.fitness and download my free 13-page guide that teaches you the simple science behind efficient fitness and smart nutrition and gives you everything you need to know to finally take control of your life. That's hackyour.fitness.